great to be here and welcome to all who are joining online. Uh, we are so glad that you're with us today and uh, keep tuned in till the end of the service. And, you know, this is just, I, I don't know, if you think about Sunday as the last day of the week or the first day of the week, I don't know. Um, I always tend to think about it as the last day of the week, but technically it's the first, uh, first day of the week. And uh, just, I, I, th I think about the week that lies ahead, a week filled with potential, a week where we can do all sorts of incredible things. Um, I don't know how you approach the week as you're starting. You're going to be like, oh no, back to work on Monday. Um, but it's just a week full of potential. Our lives are filled with potential. And, uh, you know, I just think about the things that we have uh, opportunity of uh, in the week that comes. Um, if you want to, you can join uh, a Monday morning prayer meeting, which happens at 9.30 <coughs> on Zoom. You can join uh, the healing journey at night, which will happen at 7.30 on Zoom. And there's still space and still time to join that. Um, and on Wednesday night, we meet together on Zoom again uh, to pray. Um, we're all Zoomed out. <laughs> Um, but these are some of the opportunities that we have to come together and to, to just meet together as church during the week. Um, but can I just encourage us to really support one another, to pray for one another, to uphold each other, to text, to phone. Um, I'm, I'm always so aware that when I make these announcements, I talk about things like Zoom. Um, I'm just aware that some people don't even have an internet connection or a smartphone. Um, and so we, we, you know, we, we don't want people to feel left out in any way. Um, but it's just that these are challenging times um, and, uh, you know, it's maybe time to, to kind of get up to date with the technology. Um, but we're going to pray and uh, we're going to really uh, seek God's presence uh, in here today. A few people that we're going to pray for today while we're praying, um, but let's just bow our heads in prayer for a moment and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together and then Steve's going to lead us in worship. Father, we just thank you that we can be here today. We thank you for health and strength. Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives. And Lord, we just pray that we would have such a, a sense of your presence in this place today. Lord, we've come here to meet with you today. And Father, we just pray that something of your presence would fill this room today. Father, for those who are joining online, Father, we pray that something of your presence would fill that, that space, that room where, uh, where people are, are gathering to, today. And Lord, we just welcome your presence. We, we need your presence. We can't live without your presence. And so, Father, we just ask that you would come and that you would meet us. And Father, for some of us, we have needs. And Father, we ask that you would come and that you would meet us in our place of need. And Father, we think of Heather still. Uh, ask, Father, that you would come and meet her, that her point of need, Lord, that you bring physical healing into her body, Lord, that her body would restore uh, its normal function, and Lord, that things would just begin to settle down, um, and Father, that she'd be able to uh, continue with the treatment she's, uh, she's uh, getting just now. So, Lord, we just pray for such a strong sense of your presence with her. And uh, Father, we also pray for Michelle Oliver, and Lord, we ask, uh, Lord, that she uh, needs a touch from you, Father, we, we just come before you and we ask that you would meet her at her place of need. Father, we ask that you would do something in her heart and in her life, but Lord, she needs a physical touch from you. And so, Father, we pray uh, that you would just presence yourself with her. Father, that you bring healing into her body. Father, we pray for Sharon's results, Lord, that they would be good results. And uh, yeah, Father, we, we pray for 
uh, Victoria's sister Shannon, Lord, we ask that you would just undertake for her, Father, Lord, we pray that again you just bring healing into her body, Lord, we pray uh, that you just touch her uh, by your power. And so, Father, we, we lift these people before you, Lord, people who need a touch in their body, Lord, there are so many of us who have so many needs, and Father, we just pray that maybe today, maybe today as we reach out to you, as we reach out to your presence, that you would come and that you would meet those needs which we have. Lord, whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual, financial, Father, whatever that need is, Lord, we bring it before you today. We come into your presence and we submit it to you. And Lord, we bring our prayers and requests before you in Jesus' precious name. Let's just say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Salvation in your name, Jesus Christ, my 
Father, we thank you that these are not just words that we sing, but Father, they are an expression of what we believe. Father, what we know to be true. Father, your presence in our lives. And Father, we just thank you for the words of songs like this that help us to worship you. Because Father, you're worthy. You're worthy of our worship. And we thank you for your presence in our lives. And Lord, we just pray that as we prepare to take communion in a moment or two, Father, that our hearts would be totally open uh, to, to all that you want to say to us as we continue in this service. In Jesus' name we ask. Do you know, it doesn't matter where you go in the Bible, you will find something that points you to Jesus. And uh, just where I'm at in, in reading just now, I'm in Exodus, <clears throat> and reading about the, the instructions for the tabernacle and how God gave them uh, these instructions. And it says that um, uh, in Exodus 28 and verse 29, it talks about Aaron, the priest, Moses' brother, how he has been, this, uh, he's been, this breast uh, piece has been made for him. And uh, it's got 12 stones on it. And on each of those stones is engraved the names of the 12 tribes of Israel. And it says, that, uh, it says this, so Aaron shall bear the names of the sons of Israel on the breastplate of judgment over his heart when he goes into the holy place as a memorial before the Lord continually. We talked last week about how there was this curtain that separated the Holy of Holies from the holy place and how when Jesus died, that curtain was torn in two from the top to the bottom. Aaron was the only person along with his sons who was able to enter into the holy place and Aaron would go into the holy of holies um, and he would represent the people and he would have the names of the children of Israel, each of the 12 tribes on this, uh, this breastplate that he would wear. And it made me think about Jesus how when Jesus stands before his Father, God, that he bears our name. He bears our name in heaven. He comes and he represents your name in heaven. That's just astounding. And, you know, there might be many Stevies, um, but when he says my name, he knows who I am. When he says your name, he knows who you are. And I, I just think that's incredible. And so Jesus, because of what he has done, he he died in our place. He rose again on the third day, and he entered into his Father's presence. He bears our name. He prays for us. And uh, so, as you know, I, I was thinking about as we come to take communion, we, we remember that there's a, a person, a real person, who has died on our behalf, who has taken our sin upon himself, and who, the Bible tells us he prays for us. He prays for us, and that's just phenomenal. He bears our name in heaven, your name, my name, and that's just amazing. So as we pray, prepare to take uh, bread and wine uh, just in a second or two, um, let's just pray and let's just remember all that he has done for us. Father, we just thank you for Jesus. We thank you for all that he means to us. Father, we thank you that he is present in our lives. But Father, we thank you that he is present with you and bears our name in your presence. Father, that he died in order that we might be recognized before you, that we might have a relationship with you. And so, Father, we just thank you for what Jesus has accomplished in our lives.
Father, we thank you for this wine which reminds us of the blood of Jesus which was shed for us. We thank you that he was prepared to pay the ultimate price for us. Father, that he might be able to be in your presence and bear our name in front of you. And Father, we just thank you for all those prayers which he prays on our behalf. And Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit that lives within us, your spirit, that is able to pray with sighs and groans. Uh, Father, just unutterable words. Father, the things that we feel, the things that are related to who we are and what's going on in our lives. Father, that your Holy Spirit bears them as well before you. So, Father, we just thank you in Jesus' name. Father, we just thank you for all that you do in our lives. Father, we thank you for how you love us, and Father, how you uh, just provide for us, and Father, that you are always there for us. Lord, that there is never a moment where you're not present. Father, your word says that I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And Father, we just thank you that those words are not just, not just an idea, not just a, a, a maybe. Father, those words are a reality in our lives. Father, that we know that you're with us. And so, Father, we just pray that you just increase our awareness of your presence in our lives. Father, may we open up every area of our lives to you. Father, that you might come in and that you might do your work, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I don't know about you, I just am astounded sometimes that, you know, I pick up my Bible and I begin to read and I begin to see Jesus in the Scriptures and uh, I just find it so encouraging that he's there and that he speaks. He speaks all the time. That's incredible. Um, I remember I've listened to some people saying, well, if, if God's real, why doesn't he make himself more present and more known? I'm like, I, I don't know how you can be more present and more known. Um, it's just incredible. And the way that we see God answering prayers, and yeah, we keep praying for some of the folks that we've been praying for this morning. Um, we just got a phone call, uh, or a message from Sharon this morning to say that our daughter, Michelle, uh, was was struggling, and uh, so she got taken into hospital. So we're, we were praying for her this morning. Um, so I, I, I do need to do some practical things. If you'll excuse me for a little second, all this COVID nineteen malarkey. I do need to do this for track and trace. If I had a really wide angle lens, I could get everybody in at the one time. Yeah. Is everybody okay? Yes. Good. To, is everybody okay online? <laughs> Give us a give us a click, <laughs> um, give us a like or something. Um, so today is the last day for the shoe boxes to come in. They have been arriving. People have been doing shoe boxes online, and let me just say a huge thank you for everybody who's participated. There's probably still time yet. If you've not done a shoe box online, you can do that. Just let us know. And uh, Tracy's been keeping a, a tally and keeping a score, so we'll let you know uh, just what that uh, situation is next week. And they will be getting picked up at 12 o'clock today, so we just need to make sure that we're not having a long-winded speaker and that he finishes in time or he'll be getting interrupted. <laughs> um, just a couple of other things. Um, we signed up for an account with Right Now Media, um, and it's just this wonderful resource of video-based Bible study material, which uh, it covers all sorts of uh, areas of church life. So it covers adults, connect groups, kids, youth, leadership training. It's just a massive, massive resource. And I sent out an email this week 
Um, so hopefully you got that email. If you didn't, give me a shout. Um, it's an invitation for you to sign up to Right Now Media. Uh, one of the things that really excites me for our families is that the kids can access all this type of material. Um, the new version of VeggieTales is on there. It's like, <gasps> I'm excited about that. I don't know about you. <laughs> um, but also let me say thank you uh, to uh, everyone who's online and who's tuning in. Um, and, you know, this is a great resource for people who use technology um, just to get plugged in and uh, to know what God is doing uh, in, in, in the world. It just opens up our, our eyes. We hear teaching from so many places, and that's a really, that's a really encouraging thing. Um, the other thing that I was wanting to just remind people about, we began last Monday our five-week course. So we, we began on the 9th, and there's still time to join that if you've not and you want to. We had a great night last Monday listening to Terry Wardle uh, talking about what it means to, to just walk with God through a healing journey. So we began that last week, and uh, it's just so encouraging to, to hear input from somebody who's been through it. Um, you know, it probably didn't come out on the, the video last week, but the, Terry was in such a bad place that he had to be signed into a psychiatric hospital. And he said, it's the type of place where you don't come out when you think you're ready, you come out when they say you're ready. So it was that type of situation. So here's somebody who's been through the mill, who's pastor churches, et cetera, et cetera, and he's able to share his experience with us. And so there's still time to join that for another uh, four sessions if, if you'd like to. I, I mentioned at the start that we're praying on Zoom on a Wednesday uh, at 7.30 at night, but also on a Monday at 9.30 in the morning. So you are more than welcome to, to join in any of these sessions. Let me just say a wee prayer before we come to the message for today. Father, we thank you that you are in this place. Father, that you're with us wherever, wherever we're gathered, whether it's online or, or in the building. Father, whether we're listening to this on SoundCloud later on or we're watching the video later on, Father, uh, you are present in this moment with us and we thank you for that. And Lord, we pray that our eyes, our spiritualized ears would be open to hear all that you want to say to us, Father, to see what you want us to see, Lord, that we might be changed today, Lord, that we might consider what it means to be a follower of Jesus today. And so, Father, we just ask that you would just presence yourself uh, through the speaker today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, I need some encouragement from you today, okay? I need some encouragement from those who are online today. I, I, if I had my iPad set up, I'd be able to see who was joining in. I'll maybe do that next week. Um, please feel free to encourage by saying amen, by giving me a wave, by smiling with your eyes because I can't see your faces. Um, so I, I need all the encouragement I can get, thank you, <laughs> with four eyes. <laughs> and the question that I wanted to start off with today, and it's something that I've been thinking about, was this question, where did you last meet Jesus? Where did you last meet Jesus? I remember years and years ago, um, we've, we've been in this church, Mary and I, for almost 30 years. Come Christmas, we will have been in this church for 30 years, and I just think, wow, I feel old. <laughs> I actually celebrated my birthday just this week. Um, I just turned 35, okay? Um, but I remember way, way back in the early days, we were involved with the young people in the church, and I would ask the young people this question, how are you getting on with God? Okay, one of those people was Stuart Blair, 
I'd ask him that question, and we'd be driving back up from youth, and I'd be dropping him off at the house, and we'd sit for half an hour answering that question and talking about so many other things. Um, and I, I just have really fond memories of those times where we were talking about, you know, how are you getting on with God? Where are you? And, you know, it, it made me kind of think about this question. Where did you last meet Jesus? Have we met Jesus? And uh, I think somebody said it was, I think, maybe in our... Uh, group last Monday night, it uh, made me think about this. People remember encounters longer than they remember sermons, okay? I am a realistic person. I do know that you will forget quite a lot of what I say today. That's okay. I'll not hold it against you. Um, but I think, when did, we, when did we last hear the voice of God? And how did you know it was Him? When did you last hear God speak to you? And how did you know it was Him? And what did He say? And did you write it down? Because when God says something to you, you better think, I need to take a note of this. One of the things I do, I, I use technology these days more than writing things down by hand. And everything goes into notes and it'll maybe go into the journal and all that kind of stuff. And I just think God is more willing to speak than we are to listen. When did you last feel his touch? And in what area of your life? Was it your emotions, your thoughts, your feelings, your spirit, your body? When did you last feel the, the presence of God come and touch you in a place where you needed to feel that touch of God? When did you last exercise a spiritual gift? That's a question. When did you last exercise one of the spiritual gifts that we read about in the New Testament? Which one was it? What were the circumstances and what happened as a result? Who was involved? What was the outcome? the outcome, excuse me. <clears throat> and when did you last see the fruit of the Holy Spirit in your life? We did about that in Galatians chapter 5, the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, and so on. When did we last exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in our lives? When did we last find ourselves in a situation where our default would be to react this way, but in actual fact, the fruit of the Spirit came out of our life? There's a question. What was the situation? And I, I could ask loads and loads of questions today, which all relate to our fundamental question, where did you last meet Jesus? You know, not to, I, I, I'm not a person who likes to make people feel guilty. I, I don't like doing that. But I think sometimes we need to be asked questions that challenge us. Things like, what is your prayer life like? What is your prayer life like? How how would you describe your prayer life if you to say, this is what it looks like to me? Is it, is it about coming and just saying, Lord, here's my shopping list, and uh, I'll, I'll tick off once you've answered my prayers? Or is it, is it when we come to God and we're like, I just need to talk about what's going on in my life just now? Or, or are we praying for other people? Or, you know, what does our prayer life look like? What does our devotional life look like? You know, when it comes to getting... The, the Bible out and spending time with God, what does that look like? Is it something that we do every day? Is it something we do once a week? Is it something that we don't do? Let's, let's be asking these questions. You know, what does our service to God look like? What are we doing that serves God? And are we, are we meeting with Jesus regularly? When did we last meet Jesus and what were the circumstances, and what did he say, and what did he do, and how did we respond? You know, I think about, there's this kind of, I think it's a bit of an urban myth about the, the person who bought a, 
one of these roving vehicles in the States and that had cruise control and they put it into auto, they thought they were putting it into autopilot and went and made a cup of tea. Have you heard that story? Yeah, <laughs> it's absolutely fake, by the way. <laughs> but it made me think about um, like the aircraft, you know, the pilot can switch an aircraft into autopilot and they probably could go and make his cup of tea. And I think it can be a little bit like that for us, except instead of flicking a switch, the, the danger for us is that we drift away from God, that we drift away from meeting with Jesus. And it's more likely to be that gradual drift away than it is a sudden moment. That happens as well, by the way. It happens in churches where people just go, I've had enough, I'm out of here. But generally what's hap what happens is, is that we drift away from God. And it makes me think, where did, where did we last meet Jesus? This week, you know, t today, if it's the first day of the week, where do we plan to stop along the journey of the week and meet with Jesus? Because I think he's got some things that he wants to say to us. And the first place that I, I was kind of thinking, the place that we sometimes and often meet Jesus is in the place of desperation. Sometimes that's the place where we're in before we will think, oh, I better pray about this. It's often when we need God, when something's happening and we need a touch from God that we reach out to Him. But, you know, to come back to Terry Wardle and one of the things that he was saying, he says, change doesn't happen because someone told you you need to change. Change happens when you're desperate enough to say, I need to change. I had this experience. Um, I think I've probably shared this uh, recently as well. Just in my, my general health and fitness, where things got to a place where I thought, actually, I need to do something about this. Because I'm, I'm thinking about the next 10 years the 10 years after that, and hopefully the 10 years after that, I don't know. We don't know how long we've got. But I was thinking about where I was at physically, and, and something happened inside of me. It wasn't a head decision. It was like, no, actually something needs to change here. And I began to take action. And it's sometimes when we're in that place where we know something needs to change that we then take the action that we need to take. Sometimes life needs to get to a place where we're in a place of desperation. And I was thinking about a number of different uh, stories in the Bible. Uh, one of them is in Mark chapter 10, and it's the story about a man called Bartimaeus. You've probably heard about Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus had been blind from birth, and uh, he's living in this town called Jericho. Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and he goes via Jericho, and Bartimaeus hears the hubbub, he hears the noise, and he realizes that Jesus is on the way. Jesus is just about to pass him. And Bartimaeus wants to have a, a meeting with Jesus because Bartimaeus is in a place of desperation. He needs something to happen in his life. He's been born blind. And this is what he says in uh, verse 47, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And it says that lots of people who were round about rebuked him and told him to be quiet. If you're in a place of desperation, it doesn't matter who tells you to zip it. If you're in a place of desperation, you will keep crying out. And this is what he says, that he shouted out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stops and he asks him this question. He says, what do you want me to do for you? And I'm like, eh? Jesus, 
you know everything that's happening in this guy's life. Why did you ask that? And he says, I need to see. I want to see. And I think sometimes if, if we can learn anything from, anything from this is that Jesus wants to, us to actually say, this is what I need. This is where I'm at. And he wants us to be engaged in that process. God can do so many things for us, but we need to want God to do it. We need to want to have God in the situation. And here he is. He sees his opportunity. And it's in his place of desperation that he calls out to Jesus. What's your place of desperation today? What's your place? Where are you at? Are you in a situation where you're kind of like, okay, something needs to change in this? I remember being in that place, and I've told this story before, when I was in Mitsubishi. I worked there for 10 years. I was six years in, and I got to that place of desperation because things, there was just stuff going on, and I thought, I can't take any more of this. And I had my spoon, and I was trying to dig my escape tunnel, okay, out in Mitsubishi, and it wasn't working. God kept shutting the doors. I remember I had this interview with a company that would be uh, involved kind of traveling all over the world and being a, a service type engineer. And the interview went really well. And then I never heard a thing. And the agency never heard a thing. And they're like, we don't understand. And like, it was a great interview. Nothing happened. And just door after door kept shutting. And uh, I remember praying. I was in a place of desperation. And I said, Lord, you called me here. If you want me to stay here, then something needs to change. And within two weeks, within two weeks, I'd had an offer to move department, uh, well, sorry, to move within the department to another area. And for four years there, for four years, I found myself absolutely blossoming and flourishing in the work that I was doing. I loved it. I loved the, 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 the way that I had a greater opportunity. And here, here, here's Bartimaeus. My situation was fine compared to his. But that was my situation And some people say, in their place of desperation, oh God, if you'll only do such and such, then I'll fill in the blank. You know, if you come and heal me, then I'll be a missionary for you. I'll go to China for you. I'll, I'll do whatever for you. And then God comes and he's gracious and he, he does the thing that you ask. And then what happens is, you don't flick any autopilot. You begin to drift back into the way things were. And we forget about the things that God has said we gradually stop hearing his voice. We gradually stop feeling his touch. We gradually stop exercising the gifts of the Spirit. We gradually, gradually, gradually. And one of the big challenges of this time that we're in is that it's so easy to gradually move away from God. We're not able to gather together. We're not able to worship in song together the way we usually do. And I am really missing some of these aspects. And the danger is that in times like this, is that we drift away from our faith in God. But I want to encourage us. God can blow in the embers. God can. But we need to fan into flame the gift that's within us. The gift that God has put within us. We need to do something about that. We need to take responsibility for that. Because all that stuff that's within us, that God's put within us, He wants us to use to build His kingdom, to build His church, to see His kingdom come, to see His will being done. So we can meet God in our place of desperation. We can also meet Him in the place of decision. 
And there's a man who we read about in the Bible called Nicodemus. We read about it in John chapter 3. And it says that Nicodemus came to Jesus by night. And he said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the miraculous signs you're doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth, no one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. And there's that term. I remember back in my young days when I was talking to people and I was talking about being a Christian, and I would sometimes use that term, I'm a born again Christian, and they go, oh, you're one of that kind you're one of that kind, you're one of them, you're one of those kind of like strange type Christians, you know. And it, it just kind of made me think that often in, in Christianity we can become secret Christians. There's this agenda that seems to be wanting to shut Christianity down, to shut down the voice of Christianity in the public square. And that, that, that's what I see is happening in society today as our voice uh, people just want to exclude the Christian voice from the marketplace, from politics, from business, from wherever. And it's very easy to become a secret Christian. It's very easy to kind of give in to that and become part of the culture that we live in. But let me ask the question, do people know that you're a Christian? Do people know that you love Jesus? Do they see it coming out of us? And it's in this conversation with Nicodemus, who comes to meet Jesus at night, that Jesus begins to answer some of his questions. And I say it's a place of decision, because I think Nicodemus had to make some decisions about what God was saying, uh, what Jesus was saying to him. In John 3, we see that there's this kind of debate going on. Jesus and, and Nicodemus are meeting together, and Nicodemus asks him all these questions, and you know, Jesus says one of the, these things that's just amazing. It, it's become one of the most famous verses in the Bible. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. That's to read a bit more around John chapter 3, verse 16. That's going to verse 18 as well. And what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus is, you need to make a decision here. You need to make a choice. And there are three times, three times in the New Testament we hear about Nicodemus. The next one, the second meeting, I think Nicodemus is in a place of defense, not of himself, He's in a place where he's defending Jesus. At one point, he came to meet Jesus at night. Now, he's with his peers, and they're criticizing Jesus, and Nicodemus is rising to his defense. We read that in John chapter 7. And then the third place that we meet Nicodemus is in John chapter 19, at the place of Jesus' death. And here comes Nicodemus. And he's in a moment of decision. What am I going to do? He's asked Jesus the questions. Jesus has given the answers. I think he's made the decision to follow Jesus because he's then rising up to Jesus' defense. And now he, here he is taking the body of Jesus down from the cross along with Joseph of Arimathea and they tend to Jesus' body and they put it into the tomb. 
Nicodemus started meeting Jesus at night time when nobody could see. And here he is in the most public place you can imagine, a place where he had to make a decision. I'm going to do the right thing here. I'm going to do the right thing. And sometimes that's a challenge for us. Sometimes it's easy to make that decision when we're in the safe place, when we're in the secret place, when we're in our own time, our own place. But when we need to go into the public place and we need to make a decision for the thing that's right and we need to stand by that decision, that's where he was. Jesus can meet us in our place of desperation, but at some point we need to meet him in the place of decision. We need to meet Jesus in the place of decision. And then the last place where I see is meeting Jesus, potentially, not just the place, uh, sorry, not just the, the, the place of desperation. It's easy to reach out to God when things are going wrong and we need His help. But in the place of decision, but also in the place of devotion. And there's this incredible story in the Bible of a woman called Mary. We read about this in John chapter 12. It's one of the, just, I think John was maybe my favorite of all the Gospels. And in John chapter 12, we read this. Six days before the Passover, Jesus arrived at Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. I just added that into the text here. Whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Imagine somebody saying, oh, this is uh, Steve coming, who raised somebody from the dead two weeks ago. We just kind of thought we'd add that little detail in. It's incredible. Lazarus, the man who's sitting here at the table with Jesus to honor him, was raised from the dead by Jesus. And it says that Martha served while Lazarus was among the reclining, uh, uh, sorry, the guests reclining at the table with him. Then, verse 3, then Mary took about a pint of pure nard an expensive perfume, she had poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair. And the house was filled, filled sorry, with the fragrance of the perfume. Here is a woman who meets Jesus at a place of devotion. You're all familiar, I'm sure, with the story of Martha and Mary. And, you know, it's like, oh, why am I the one doing all the work here? And, and Jesus says, well, she's chosen the better thing. I, I kind of think sometimes let's be real, we need to be able to do the work, and we need to be able to have that place of devotion, and I, I think the two come together, um, you know, Jesus uses the, the situation to make a point, but we need to find a place where the work and the devotion come together, and where we're, where we're working to be devoted to Jesus, not that we're saved by works, but part of our faith is that working out of our faith, James said that faith without works is dead. I'm going off my script here. It says here, but one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why wasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He didn't say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And as keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Wow. I'm glad I'm not Judas. I'm so glad I'm not Judas. And then Jesus says this in verse 7, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perf perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, 
but you will not always have me. And so here's this act of worship. Here's this moment of devotion where a woman meets Jesus in the place of her devotion. She poured out the perfume on Jesus' feet. I don't know if you would like to be in that type of position. Dusty feet, dusty country, sandals, etc., etc. And here's somebody who's getting down to the nitty-gritties of life. And in that place, there is this beautiful act of worship. And in verse 3, it says in the Passion Translation, and the fragrance of the costly oil filled the house. Wow. I I don't wear aftershaves and perfumes and all that kind of stuff. I I can't be doing me good about with this smell around about me all the time. I think it's because I've got a big nose and it's oversensitive. But just imagine this situation where this act of worship takes place and the smell of that perfume fills the whole house just as well she didn't have COVID. She wouldn't have been able to smell it. That was a joke. I to laugh. And I could ask the question about us today and about our devotional lives I could ask you, what does your devotional life look like? But let me ask it a different way. What does your devotional life smell like? Smell is such an evocative memory. I don't know if you've ever experienced that, where you smell something, and you instantly back to when you were a child, and you're like, you know, whatever that might be. What does your devotional life smell like today? What does it smell like? What is the smell that comes from you, okay? Yesterday, I went out for a cycle, and I put on my cycling gear that I had used the day before and that hadn't been washed yet. And I'm like, (laughs) that was not pleasant. What does your life smell like? Because the reality is that when we meet other people, people just get this, sense of us, and I'm not talking about the smell of our our body. I'm talking about the smell of our attitude, of our devotion, of our love for Jesus. What does your devotional life smell like? And if Jesus gets into us, whether it's through our desperate moments or our decisions or even through our devotions, I think if Jesus gets into us, then that's what will come back out of us. We will exude Jesus. One of the big privileges for me when I worked in Mitsubishi was to stay in Japan for a year. And even in the morning when I would travel to work, it was hot. So in the summer in particular, I stayed in Kyoto and I would travel down to the outskirts on the train to go to work every morning. So you can imagine the situation, hot outside, and then you go into a train carriage that's cold, air-conditioned, and then you realize that the people who you're in the carriage with have a seafood diet, octopus and seaweed. And we all know that what goes into us comes back out of us, doesn't it? (laughs) Through our breath, (laughs) through our pores, you know, you can tell when somebody's had a curry, yeah? 
well, and other places, but we'll not go there. What goes into us physically comes back out of us, right? The foods that we eat. And I had no idea, but people used to say that I smell of milk and stuff like that, and like dairy products. I'm like, how could I smell? You, you smell a fish, you know. But what we were feeding on was what was coming back out. And there was this aroma, <laughs> and it was not a pleasant aroma in that train carriage, let me say. I couldn't wait to get off it. Um, but there's an aroma that comes out of our lives that will be based on what we're feeding on. And if we are feeding on, on Jesus, on his word and on the things that he's saying about us, if we are dealing with the, the things in our lives that Jesus wants to come and heal, then we, be, we begin to have this smell about us. There's this kind of thing about, oh, you know, there's just something really sweet about that person because we can see Jesus in them. You know, I, I'm amazed that Jesus meets us where we are, and he does, and he meets us in a place of desperation. He meets us in a place of decision. He meets us in a place of devotion, and he wants to bring us from the place where we are in our place of need, and he wants to move us from one place to the other. That's what the incarnation is all about. As we approach Christmas, we will begin to think about God coming to earth as a person in human form, God coming to meet us, coming to identify with our suffering, with our desperate moments, and coming to meet us in the place of decision coming to fill our devotional time with His presence. You know, I thought about this, you know, we've used this illustration before. Where, where are we on the journey? Where are we in the journey? Are we still on this side? Are we still on this side of the cross? Are we still exploring who Jesus is? Maybe there are people in here today, maybe there are people online, and you've not made a decision yet. You're still in that place where you're trying to find out who God is, and you're undecided. Or maybe you've made that decision in your beginning. You're on the journey. You've just started. You're in the process. Maybe you're growing. You're thinking, wow, I'm seeing God change things in my life. I'm seeing some of the things of my past being healed. Maybe you're in the place where you feel you're Christ-centered, where Jesus is your all in all. He is your reason for living on the planet. I don't know where you are today. Hopefully, we're on a journey of going from one place to the next but it made me think about this, and it's one of the mysteries of God, is that God exists outside of time. And so, as far as Jesus is concerned, He's still standing at the cross, and He can meet you at the cross. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Jesus can still meet you at the cross, perhaps in your place of grief, perhaps in your place of pain, perhaps in your place of humiliation. God can meet you there. Jesus still stands outside the empty tomb, and He can meet you there. Perhaps for some people, like those who lived in those days, had doubts. How could Jesus rise from the dead, despite the fact that He taught them that's what was going to happen, that He would be killed, and on the third day He would rise again? They didn't understand, and even when He did rise, they're like, this can't be happening. This can't be happening. And so, God can come and meet us at that place of doubt. And as Christians, we can have doubts. As we look at what's happening in the world, we have doubts. Jesus can meet us in the upper room. 
The upper room was a place where they were gathered together, hidden away, locked down, in isolation, for fear of the Jews. God can come and meet us in a place of fear. Maybe some people are still feeling that sense of fear about the situation that we live in just now. God can come and meet us. And then lastly, He can meet us at Pentecost. He can meet us at Pentecost. The Holy Spirit was poured out on the day of Pentecost. And that was a day of power. It was the day when the fearful became, well, what did they become? Um, they became bold. Thank you. They became bold. They were filled with the Spirit. And we too can be filled with the Spirit. God can give us the boldness to do what He calls us to do. No matter where you are, Jesus can find you. There's not a place in this planet where you can hide from Jesus. God sees it all. And sometimes I'm really glad that God sees it all. And other times I'm like, oh, can you not just shut your eyes for a wee second? Well, I don't like that bit. And the best thing to do is just to get it out and say, aye, I've messed up again, sorry. How will we respond to God in a moment of desperation? Maybe in a moment of decision? Maybe in a time of devotion? We can't sing together, or we're not allowed to sing together. We could sing together, but somebody might see it and we get around. But we can still have those times of devotion in our personal times with God. When did we last meet Jesus? When did we last meet Jesus? How far back do we need to go before we can go, oh, there was a wee moment where I met Jesus. We can meet Jesus every day. We can meet Jesus throughout the day, every day. We just need to call out to him. Let's just bow our heads as we finish off today and we'll pray. Father, we are so grateful for Jesus. Father, we thank you that as we read the Gospels, we see a man who was prepared to spend time with people, the ordinary people, the people who were in desperate situations, the people who were looking for answers, looking for understanding. He was able to meet people in the place of devotion, like Mary, and Father, we thank you that you are willing to meet with us today. Father, wherever we are, whatever our situation today, you can come and meet us in that situation. And so, Father, we just invite you in today. We invite you into our circumstances. And Father, where we have maybe drifted away in our devotions, in our faith, in our love for you, Father, maybe we have cooled down a little bit in our relationship with you. Father, we pray that you would fan into flame the embers. Father, that you would stir something up within us today. Lord, that you would help us to fan into flame the gift that you have put within us. Father, where we're struggling to pray and to spend time with you, Lord, we pray that you'd help us with that. Father, we pray about praying. We pray that you'd help us to pray. Lord, I think about uh, the man uh, in the Bible whom Jesus met, and he says, Lord, I believe, but help me in my unbelief. He prayed about his unbelief because he was so desperate to see you move in that situation. He didn't want his own unbelief to stop him from relating to you. And so, Father, help us in our place today, wherever we are. If we're in a place of desperation, Lord, we pray, come and presence yourself in that moment. 
Lord, help us each to make a decision today to invite you in to our lives day by day. And maybe you've, maybe you've never made a decision to follow Jesus. Maybe you're still at that other side of the cross. Maybe you're still exploring. Then today's a day when you can make that decision. And I just want to invite you to pray a prayer after me. You can pray it into the quietness of your own heart or say it out loud. But whatever you do, let us know that you've prayed it and we can pray with you and get alongside you. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that he's able to meet me in my situation, in my desperation. And today I make a decision to invite him in, to be part of my life, to clean me up from the inside, to forgive my sin. I recognize that I'm far away from you. Draw me close into your presence. In Jesus' name, amen. If you've prayed that prayer, let us know. And uh, if there are folks here today and you want us to pray with you, then we'll get the masks on and we'll just be able to pray with you at the end of the service. I just want to say the Lord bless you.